Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 17th episode of One for One. I'm your host, Nolan Norman. Nolan, I don't know where we're going with this yet. Uh, Nolan Schumann, joined as always by my co host, Miles Fuchs. Miles, it's a Monday today instead of a typical Sunday we record on. So, how are you doing on this lovely Monday? Back to work. Back to work today. Back to work today. I'm doing pretty good, Nolan. Um, considerably better than you in the fact that I don't have uh, identity crisis um, of of Norman Normanism. <laughs> it's like you're a Mormon, but it's Normanism. Get it? I'm so, I'm hilarious. I'm doing pretty good. Door to door. Door to door. What are you, are you gonna wear? A nice white, a crisp white shirt and a black tie. No, I'm just gonna wear the hat I'm wearing right now. For those that can't see because you're listening, Nolan is wearing the same hat that he was wearing uh, Saturday night for the shotgun challenge that says best dad ever. And Nolan is the Zoom daddy, the co-host daddy, so I can fully sign off on him being the best dad ever. Uh, Nolan, do you want T.Y. T.Y. Norman, do you want to, should we just get things started and kind of give a little recap of Saturday night, which was in fact all right for fighting? Not the game, but just a shout out to some of our incredible supporters that have been uh, joining us and partaking in uh, debauchery. Can I give one quick shout out to something that has absolutely nothing to do with hockey? Yeah, man. Cool. I was, I, I, I went to the grocery store this evening to go uh, purchase some chicken and broccoli for my meal prep because, uh, you know, trying to be healthy boy for the summer. And standing in line, and they got me. The grocery store got me. The advertising got me. Because I had to purchase this because it looks so good. I'll show you the wrapper. This is a Cadbury Dairy Milk uh, S'mores Bar. Okay. If you're a fan of s'mores, this was just delightful. This was a, this was a, a, an efficient, uh, 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 excellent use of resources. This is a fantastic chocolate bar. If you have not tried it, please try it. I highly recommend it. Um, yeah, I finished dinner and I was like, I got to I got to bite into this bad boy, and it was it was worth it. It was worth the two fifty or whatever I spent on it. So. Nolan, that, that that sounds fantastic. I'm happy that you got a Uh-oh, tasty treat. Oh, I just treat. realized what I just did. <laughs> what did you just do? Did you shart? No, I just no free ads. Oh, I mean that, that's fine. Um, no, <laughs> no free ads. We'll we'll let them have this one, and if they want to get at our uh, media team, uh, me, they can. But <laughs> uh, I'm gonna throw one back at you, Nolan. Where watch uh, the uh, the impulse items, the checkout line items that got me that was not good. Um, the Pringles collab with Wendy's, they came out with a Baconator Pringle. Um, I, I do not it. remember that. Uh, maybe it's a Western Canadian thing, just because we, we love beef out here, anything from cows. But um, I bought it because, like, Baconators are dope, Pringles are dope. How bad could it be? Um, pretty fucking bad, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if somebody's ever over, if, you know what I mean, and, and, and they're like... Oh, do you have any snacks? I'm like, yeah, uh, these Pringle Baconators drive like nine or ten into you. I need to get rid of this tin. Um, But nobody wants them because they're so fucking bad. So on this end of the spectrum, we have a nice s'mores chocolate bar. 
And on this end of the spectrum, we have a really shitty, salty burger chip that um, should not be uh, legal for human consumption. So those are today's one-for-one free ads. Well, speaking of nice end of the spectrum, the Oilers had a pretty nice week. Uh, the, I, the, <laughs> was, how was how, how that? that for a second? Was, was, was that, that pretty right? good. I'll let you have I, it. That wasn't bad. Okay, okay. Cool. I'll let you have it. Um, yeah, great week. Clairvoyant, Miles at it again. Uh, I mean, you said 3-1 and one with a Calgary loss, and... God damn, you, you, you got it. You sometimes, got it again. Sometimes Father Pickmas is on, sometimes he is not. But yes, last week we did pretty well, Nolan, in our in our picking. Um fucking back to backs, hey. The boys do not like a back to back. Well, they also played their third game in four nights, and I realized that, that With sounds travel. like a that that sounds like a lot of uh uh pot calling the kettle black from Nolan Schumann <laughs> right now, but um yeah i the the one loss I, I i was not i was not happy with it um and we'll get into that but uh yeah i mean three and one successful week it looks like i don't know if it's confirmed but i think we might be able to clinch tonight with a win so yeah, I, I saw something on reddit that um why didn't we get an x after the win against calgary that should be it but no, it's mathematically possible that Vancouver can still catch the Oilers unless they beat them tonight. So, knock, knock, knocking on playoffs. Wow. <laughs> we have to, we have to, we we have to start digging up the grave for the Vancouver Canucks this season. Sorry, Leech. Sorry, Leech. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, multiple members of the of the Canucks. We uh, we hardly knew thee, um, but. Last week started off pretty wonderful because it involved the arrival of a couple new friends to the lineup. And by new friends, I mean a new third-line center and a new top-four defenseman, otherwise known as Ryan McLeod and Dmitry Kulikov. And, um, yeah, they showed up pretty well. A 6-1 win against the Winnipeg Jets uh, last Monday, and they were the team... This was essentially the culmination of every Oilers dream's wildest fantasy coming to life, which was uh, McDavid went off. Uh, the team did not surrender too many goals, and Ryan McLeod looked like he's been in the NHL for uh, 500 games. I cannot praise him enough, and really, Dmitry Kulikov had a hell of a game, too. Uh, the next game was not so was not, not so nice to uh, Dmitry Kulikov, but, I mean... It was a 6-1 win. McDavid had a hat trick and four points in 16:03 of ice time, which is just ridiculous. Um, Dave Tippett decided that he was going to bench him for the for the third, not because he's bad, but because he is too good, and we do not want our prince being hurt. Um, Miles, did you have any uh, thoughts on on that first game? Uh, very exciting game, fun game to watch. Um, I think McLeod, like 500 games played, Nolan, you got to. Take those glasses off for a minute. He looked, dude. He looked great. He, he looked, looked like a vet, he looked like a veteran he, NHL center. He looked. A, he's getting better every game, which is pretty insane. Um, but in the first game, I thought that, like, compared to what we've, it's a very small sample size, right? But towards the end of said sample size, I think he's been a lot more aggressive and a lot more comfortable. So just comparing that apples to apples in his first game, like, guys got to be nitpicky. Um, I think he's improving, which is great, but. 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think he looked like a 500 game player personally. I was more so just saying because like he 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 immediately gets the puck and like like gains possession, gains offensive zone time, and then also draws a penalty. Yeah, but like, we're we're also absolutely ruined because we've been acclimatized been to, to absolutely Riley, no to Riley Sheehan <laughs> and Kyle Turris the past two seasons. So. A- anybody with a pulse is going to be an upgrade at that yeah, time, right? that's true. Um, but the two dubs against Winnipeg put the season series to bed 7-2 for the Oilers against the Jets. I am very much looking forward to the playoffs where, let's be honest, yeah, it's probably going to be a Jets-Oilers first round and like the way that they match up. Never want to say anything's guaranteed, but I like the way that the team matches up. I like the way that the new new guys Ryan McLeod and Dmitry Kulikov are fitting into the team for the most part. So very optimistic. Uh, like you said, Nolan, here you've got a 75% expected goals for in that game, which is... For Kulikov and then 52% for McLeod. Oh, okay. So what was, do, you know what the team, awesome. do you know what the team was overall, high 60s? I believe it or not, actually, the team. Um, hold on, I actually have it all pulled up. Believe it or not, on Money Pucks Expect a Winometer, it was actually in favor of the Jets. Oh wow! <laughs> for that first game, yeah, yeah, for the, yeah, for the first game. Um, hold on, I could actually get you the number. Just give me one second. You th- keep on doing your thing, and I will get I think, this for you. I think that's a prime example of stats being for nerds. If they're gonna say that that was an expected goals for it yeah. win for the Jets, I, I can I I can understand it because in in the it, it was mainly because of the third period. That's really the only reason why is because the third period the Jets were putting all kinds of like if you actually rewatch the game, like Mike Smith had to make some really tough saves, and so I I. I don't blame that being a game that went in the Jets' favor statistically, but yes, I, I mean I can see where you're coming from in that in that in, in that sense of the imagination. But overall, like the team, I I think the team rode a rode a pretty hot second period, and then afterwards they kind of just tailed off, which I don't blame them. Like, I mean it's it's a six one win. So did Hellebuck get yanked that game? Sleep. Uh, yes, he did. Nice. He did after the second period, I think. After the but, last episode where we absolutely stroked him off. Well, I mean... <laughs> you know, he's still a good goalie. It's just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hindsight, hindsight's but, 420 in that. Yeah, but the... Uh, I can actually give you just, like, some some numbers here that that actually look pretty good because there's the... Uh, there's, like, the line stat... Or there's the line numbers, too. Um... Sorry. Oh yeah. Um, also, that was the first game of uh, Dominic Cahoon playing with Connor McDavid and Yessi Puliarvi, and they look pretty damn good um, for that for that first game. Uh, since then, it's kind of tailed off a bit. So we remain to be seen of what's going to happen with Dominic Cahoon and how he's fitting into this uh, into this lineup. But I would um, I would like to see him get some consistent time with with McDaddy and and Yessi Puliarvi. Well, he actually looked like he was he was pretty engaged defensively, which was which was nice to see. And he was sending some crispy passes to Connor McDavid, yeah. especially on that uh, I believe on Connor's second goal. Um, but the one 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 thing I wanted to mention about Connor's hat trick is that third goal, the goal where he turns around and shoulder checks if there's any Jets on the way while he's on the breakaway. There's absolutely no one in sight, and he just does a little. And then checks behind him, sends it, sends it past Hellebuck. It was just, 
it was a chef's kiss of a moment. Yeah, he had a flashback to his driver's uh, driver's training course at the age of 16, making sure he was doing a flick ten, on his blinkers, a, a ten and two on the wheel, and a nice little shoulder check, change lanes, pot it in the back of the net. Uh, see you later. Four points off. First try, you get your license. Have at it, kid. Go to the Cornwall. <laughs> but the Oilers decided to follow up a six-one win with a three-one win over the Winnipeg Jets again, which, to be honest, we're not going to talk about this game too much. It was pretty boring. Uh, I don't know about you, Miles, but I was uh, kind of kind of snoozy the entire time. Um, but ultimately, a win is a win, and if it's a Dave Tippett-style win where the game is pretty low event, but the Oilers win the hockey game, then I'm okay with that. Um, I mean, a win's a win, right? So Yeah, I don't, I don't but, think you can be too angry with, with a boring game boring no, quote-unquote exactly game. i'll take that nine nine times out of ten but um but then the no 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 no. we have to set the stage a little bit so <laughs> it was it was a 3-1 game um but there were i think four or five different instances where kulikov had some rough goes and oh, yeah. <laughs> nolan had a tweet from the one for one twitter follows on twitter where um he was like joking about Kulikov coming out or something or Kulikov looking shitty. And I sent him a meme that I made of like the, the guy struggling, which button he should pick. And it was Dave Tippett, uh, stick with Kulikov or play Chris Russell. Um, and that's really funny because what happened in the next game against Calgary, Nolan, (sighs) Caleb Jones came out and Chris Russell went in. Yuck. I don't like that. Nobody like fucking that likes that. Nobody likes that. I I try. I try with Chris Russell. I I tr- I try to be on his side and I try to give him the benefit of the doubt. I try to say he's uh, he's a veteran defenseman, lots of games in the NHL. Guys played on some good teams, knows how to win, but he makes it so difficult on me miles and I am starting to lose my patience with him and I'm also starting to lose my patience with Mr. David Tippett. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I I really don't know what the future has in store for Chris Russell. We've been talking about Chris Russell not being an Oiler next season for the past like 3 fucking years. So, it's how many years does he have one year left on his contract after this season? They signed him to an extension worth 1.25, and everyone was kind of like, what the hell are you doing? But um, the thought is is that the Oilers brass actually has a plan to, uh, for some reason, leave him exposed for the expansion draft as if Seattle's going to pick Chris Russell, which I don't know why they would, but if that's something that, that they have figured out, then I hope... Seattle takes Chris Russell, but I doubt it. I, I honestly doubt it. I think if anything, they're going to take Caleb Jones and then Chris Russell is signed as like a six, six, seven defenseman. And I just don't want that. Just, just take Dave's toys away from him. That's all. Like <laughs> if you want to teach him a lesson, take David's toys away because this, this thought process of, Oh, Caleb Jones made a turnover in his own end. That's it. Chris Russell back in, baby. Block some shots. And any other time I could understand that and I could be on board with that. But the fact of the matter is, is that the puck dies on Chris Russell's stick and it affects everybody on the ice. 
And we talk about how Tyson Berry is brought up by Connor McDavid's play on the ice, and so his numbers look a little bit better. But I think we need to talk about Connor McDavid being on the ice with Chris Russell and just how better Connor McDavid would maybe be if he was on the ice with With any other player. Literally any other player. And so I, I actually want to just pull up. Uh, I actually want to pull up <laughs> the money puck numbers from uh, from that game where Chris Russell went in the the first Flames game because I actually got a good laugh out of it. Uh, once I can see it here, so the the Flames dominated the Oilers as as one could tell they did win three one, but the funny part was that uh, Chris Russell uh, jumping in. Once again, Caleb Jones was pulled out for Chris Russell to go in. And Chris Russell rewarded Mr. David Tippett with a 12.6% expected goals. Youch. That's not good. That's that's uh, that's not what you want to see. And so, you know, I, I'm not... I try not to overreact. I try not to think too much about it. But at the end of the day... We need to stop playing worse players, and especially if we're going to have this mindset of this team isn't going to win a cup this year. So if the team is not going to win a cup, then why are we not playing the young guys and trying to develop and groom those guys? That's that's my only thing. I've banged this drum enough, and I am sick of it. Shall we? Do you want to move on to the fun game, Miles? I do want to move on to the fun game, Nolan. Well... First and foremost, it was the final Battle of Alberta of the season. And it was on a Saturday night, hockey night in Canada. I'd probably say Saturday weird. Saturday? Saturday night? And, um, I mean, initially, there's just there's just some great news right from the get-go. Chris Russell's out, baby. Caleb Jones back in. And then Ryan McLeod bumped up to the second line in between... Ryan Nugent Hopkins and Jesse Poliarvi. And um damn man, like it, it, this game the the Oilers got off to an extremely hot start. Um actually, I should scratch that. We're going to we're going to do like the record scratch. I'm going to put that in. Uh we should actually just start off with the elephant in the room, um our our Zoom room that we had, Miles. Yes, we had a Zoom room. It was a lot of fun. Um I do regretfully have to add that I don't really know a whole lot about what I'm going to say for this game because said said Zoom room got me pretty twisted, like a Wetzel's Pretzels, no free ad. But um, yeah, were you twisted like a Joker? I don't know if I understand that term, Nolan. It's oh, the only, it's only like movie a, I've ever like seen a, in Shrek. It's like it's like a joke because like the Joker is just like such a twisted character. You know, he's just like. He's a mentally ill loner in, in a society that ignores him and treats him like trash. You know who else gets treated like trash? <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I pulled that one on you. Do you know who else gets treated like trash? Me? Flames fans in our Zoom call, Nolan. I wanna oh, give, do they? I want to give a big shout-out to Flames fan Kyle and Matt Pukashels for being brave and jumping on the call and being berated by a couple of intoxicated Oilers fans. They were very good sports. Um, Shells got to have a vodka shot for the single 
goal scored by Leflambe's. So I hope that made it worth it for him. Um, but an even bigger shout out to the lads that jumped on uh, Nolan. They were the everybody that kind of came in and came out. Thank you so much. But the core crew that stuck it out. Got to give a shout out to Pastor Dave, my buddy Ben, Svenny G. Honorable mention to Father Schumann for jumping in there. <laughs> um, okay, can I can I record scratch and talk about Richard's entrance into the Zoom call? Yes. So Richard jumps in in like the start of the third period or the end of the second. So the Oilers have already scored two goals. And Richard jumps on and all the boys are like, Richard, and making some noise or whatever. And, and he's like, oh, how, how many goals have I missed, guys? And we're like, two. And he deadpan stares into the camera, pulls a knife out, lights a, lights a Coors Light up, and then dials it back. <laughs> Staring into the camera, flicking a knife was, wow, that was absolutely electric. Um, I had yeah, a lot of fun, he, Nolan. That was a really good idea. Whoever came up with that idea. That was a lot idea, of fun. Whoever came up with that idea is a very smart marketing mind. We, <laughs> we, uh, so because Taylor had to work that next morning, um, I essentially moved my entire setup upstairs, uh, to the dining room and sat with Taylor's parents while I, <laughs> I made them watch the hockey game and was getting loaded on zoom with friends. And, um, yeah, I, 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 I had, I had such a fun time. It was, uh, it was good, except the Oilers made us pay in the last couple of minutes because oh. they made us shotgun, uh, and they made a shotgun for an empty netter, but not only was it one, it was two miles, two empty netters they made a shotgun for. And then because we're good sports, we had another one for the win Two. The greatest song, the greatest goal song in the NHL. Give me a hell. Give me a hell. Give, give me, me a yeah. yeah. Hell Stand yeah. I also want to give, I, I would be remiss if I didn't give a shout out to the uh, leader of the Palooza, uh, Tanner from Moose Jaw. Um, I'm trying to think of a nice way to say this. Uh, not a nice way, but a, uh, a realistic way to say this. I admire someone who sticks it out for the long run now i love it tanner is very much ahead in the palooza poll um but for potentially eight points on the board there nolan uh the man had to show up because the tie for second place would have been very close to catching him had he not participated tanner from moose jaw ladies and gentlemen was on the golf course at the time of this game and actually had his notifications turned on to gun, submit said video at the time of the goal of him gunning beers. And then, Nolan, sitting at home alone with his Capitals reverse retro jersey on the wall, just to let everybody know where his allegiance really lies, he guns not one, Nolan, but two Bud Light Black Cherry Seltzers, no free ads, uh, into his gullet to get the maximum amount of points that he possibly could. I fucking love to see it. I might start putting an asterisk by his name in the poll. Um, not that I'm biased or anything like that, but I don't know. I don't know if the kids can catch him, Nolan. I think he's running away with it. I think we're gonna have to. Um, us thinking about it, like what we should do, because I, I, I like, I, I have like big plans for what I want to do with this whole thing, and like, like I, like I want to up the ante next year, and I want to add like some other cool shit, and um, 
I was thinking that maybe in our uh, maybe in like our Instagrams, like you know how you can save like Instagram stories and stuff like that. We could almost do like a almost do like an honorary like a jersey retirement sort of thing <laughs> for like the winners of like Pickapalooza every year, and yeah. you could just like put their names in. But uh, but no, I it, yeah, I, it's it, it was it was awesome. I'm just um, I'm so happy that we were able to get everybody all in there and that everyone's been participating. It's been it's it's been incredible, and um, I I know that the season's almost over, and we'll probably have we'll have a lot more of a of like an official wrap up and like a, like a thank you for everything. But yeah, I, like you mentioned already, just thank you to everyone that jumped in on the zoom. Thanks to everyone that submitted videos. Um, I was able to luckily talk with a couple of people on Oilers Twitter and uh, maybe we'll try and get them involved over the next little while because I want to grow this thing and uh, I, I want to be able to see more people shotgunning for shotgunning for Oilers goals. And even if it's uh please drink responsibly, of course, but it's uh, it's been awesome, and I'm 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 very 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 excited to see what we have uh, what we have going in the future. Hundred percent, man. I want sorry. I want to give two more quick shout outs for absolutely for Do for it. the Palooza shout for the Palooza shotgun. Um, huge shout out to NYR Nick, a good buddy of mine who's out in South Korea doing his masters in economics. So you hear that and you're like nerd, but then he wakes up or we wake up in the morning and that's his nighttime. And, and what does he do? Nolan sends us a video of him absolutely pounding straight vodka. Um, but the, the thing that people don't know is that only one video was posted. He sent me three videos chugging a considerable, considerable amount oh, of vodka. Oh no, that one didn't, that one I didn't say what I wanted to write. And then the next one, Oh, I can do it better. So, like uh, how many how many points do you give a guy for giving himself permanent liver damage? So shout out to NYR Nick. Also a shout out to Shu, a good guy, um, a young lad, a business boy who's a Habs fan, but still decided to get in on one shotgun at the end of the night. So we love Shu, we love NYR Nick, we love everybody that's been playing the Palooza. And I know I said you can't catch Tanner, but I mean, I don't know. Past uh, past update. I was seeing his percentage dropping pretty significantly. So maybe it is a little bit more of a race than we thought it would be. Guys got to pick it up here for the last uh, 10 days or so of the month. I cannot believe the end of the season is almost here. It's like crazy. It's, it's crazy to think. Like, And I, I, I realize that it's been a shortened season, but it is crazy to think that we are at almost 20 episodes and we're almost on our first season of this thing. Like. That's crazy. That's absolutely nuts to imagine. And um, I got to say, I, I I think I have to go back and listen to our first couple episodes just to hear the difference because it's probably so jarring. Um, but anyways, should we get back to the last couple points on the final game? Yeah, well, man. the Saturday game? I think so. So big 4-1 win, a uh, couple empty netters. Um like I said, McLeod play with Nugent Pugliarvi. It looks like they're moving McLeod back down to the third line, but they're bringing on Tyler Ennis and playing with our Josh Archibald. This is something I've been saying for a while because I want Tyler Ennis back in the lineup. A little bit of, all I want for Ryan McLeod is a little bit of offensive creativity because when you're uh, when you're carrying Devin Shore and Josh Archibald by their bootstraps and uh, trying to get them to keep up and do something with the puck, well, I mean, Josh Archibald, he's serviceable. 
he can work. Uh, Devin Short just does just does not fit. Um, does not fit with Ryan McLeod whatsoever. So I am excited to see what Tyler Ennis does tonight. Um, but one last little point I wanted to mention about this game. I know I bring up numbers all the time, and I know I, I know people are probably already annoyed by expected goals, but I wanted to tell you this, Miles, because I figured you would get a good laugh out of it. The Shore and Neil Alex Chase online. What do you think the expected goals for were of that line? Which line? Sorry, you cut out on me for a memento. The Shore, Neil, and Alex Chase online. What oh do you think God. the expected goals for was? 56. Okay, well, fix, 56 would be a good would be a good number. Oh, was it bad? Neil scored. I thought that might have inflated it. No. Oh, I'm, he scored the, not, the game before. He scored the mind. first Calgary game, yeah. Yeah. So take uh, another guess. I'm going to give you one more guess. 37. Zero. What the fuck? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's so funny. Hold on. I just I just want to show you this. So you've got, you've got like, uh, you can't really see it, whatever. Not, even, not um, even slightly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, you have, you have Pooley, McLeod, Kulikov, McDavid, Larson, all around that like 65 to 80% range. And then all the way down at the bottom at 0% is Shore, Neil, and Jason. I thought that was so funny. I was, I, the, the, the moment I saw that I was, I was nearly crying laughing. I, I thought that was hilarious. So you know, Anyways. you know what else is you know what else is hilarious? A final season score for the Battle of Alberta being six wins and four losses. Um, at the start of the year, everybody thought that the Flames were going to be a top four team, destined for the playoffs. Um, Michael Smith gave an interview today where the reporter asked him, "They're like, how does does it feel a little bit sweeter to you know?" put the final nail in their playoff hope coffin being a rival, being a team you formerly played played on. Uh, does, it, does it feel a little bit sweeter? And Michael Smith, St. Michael himself, had a one-word answer. Yup. <laughs> oh, man. I love, I love Mike Smith. He's such a caveman. It rules. <laughs> he is a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking caveman. Um, the, uh, what the fuck? I was... I hate I hate that I'm saying what what was I gonna say, but um, yeah, thank God, thank God for this. Um, also, uh, eat shit, Daryl. Get out of here. Go back to <laughs> your fucking farm, okay? <laughs> <laughs> no, we got two more years of that of of the Flames leading the league and expected frowns per sixty. Dude, that's such an angry team. <laughs> Nah, not to stir the rumor mill here, but that might have been our last BOA with Jonathan Hockey Gaudreau on the Flames. Yeah, I didn't even think about that. And man, maybe Sean Monaghan. End of an era, man. That Flames team could look a hell of a lot different next season. And if, if the offseason goes the way that some people are expecting it to, uh, some of those uh, staples the past few years for, for the McDonald's hockey team is going to look a lot different. <laughs> Luch is going to be their captain. He's going to be like their fucking first line left winger. Hey guys, I dyed my hair again. Uh, just want to show you a little bit of uh, leadership that I've got for the group here. So I went with uh, Hey Brad, can you bring back Zach Ronaldo, please? <laughs> and a spicy pierogi pizza while you're at it. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's, that's, pr- that's pretty well it for the week. So uh, big stretch coming up here. Uh, we might be playing Vancouver a couple times this week. Uh, I, 
I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I right. But I just had a couple like overall notes. Um, we kind of already answered one of them. Ryan McLeod. What are we thinking so far? And uh, we both kind of answered that already. I'm. I love him. I'm so happy he's with the team. And I think. And I. I tweeted this from the one for one account. They. If they take Ryan McLeod of this out of this lineup, it's. Um, it's a sin against the Edmonton Oilers hockey club because he belongs. He fits. He does stuff. He like I I don't I don't know when was the last time I saw a bottom six center um in his own zone trying to dig for a puck like trying to dig for a loose puck in his own zone what's like, what's that titanic meme where it's like it's been 47 years <laughs> is it 47 or was it like uh Dude, no, it's what? 84. 84, yeah. I think. It's, it's been 84, 84 years, years since I've seen a bottom six center dig for pucks in the defensive zone in an Oilers jersey. Oh, man. He looks so good. He's like, And he's he's so quick. He gets he, he gets two missing teeth out of two. That's my there review. Are, there are moments, and I mentioned this on the Zoom, there are moments when he... Like banks the puck off the boards, and it reminds me. Do you remember? You remember rookie season McDavid, where all he did was bank the puck off the boards and then get the puck on the other side of the defenseman. Yeah, the oldest, but oldest trick in the book. Yeah, but but like that, but that was like Connor McDavid's thing. Was like he did it all the time, and then obviously defensemen started to sort of catch on to it. But Ryan McLeod's doing that, and he's looking pretty damn good while he does it. He's gonna score. I'm gonna. I'm calling it right now. Ryan McLeod's getting his first point tonight. Okay. Okay, well, if you're wrong, you owe, me, uh, you owe me a a, a meatball sub. A meatball sub. Let's go. I'll take that bet. Nine times out of ten. Uh, two other prospects that we're really excited about here, though, Nolan. Uh, the long-awaited North American return for Philip Broberg. Has the hot Swede The naughty himself. Nordic himself. Philip Broberg is on his way to the Oilers taxi squad. He's going to be joining the big club shortly, clearing, clearing quarantine and, and getting in there with the with the boys for some practices. Uh, I'm not sure what the long-term goal is here. I don't think that he's ever going to draw in for a game, especially if Bouchard isn't drawing in for a game. But it'd be nice to have him there learning from the guys, practicing with the big club, and, I mean, huh, knock on wood, hopefully getting a little bit of experience and, and chemistry with a potential D partner in Evan Bouchard. So somebody brought it up on Twitter and I think that this absolutely could happen because he is being called a taxi squad, and apparently the reason why he's not in Bakersfield is because of like a work visa issue, which is which is fine. Uh, but somebody brought this up on Twitter, and I was thinking about it because he has to play if he doesn't play seven games. So he has to. So if he plays, I think it's a, a game of playoffs or seven games of the regular season. Um, then, it, like, if he doesn't meet those criteria, then his entry-level contract slides another year. So then his entry-level doesn't start until next year, which would be awesome. Mm-hmm. However, Philip Broberg could play one game, and people have been saying that there's that possibility that they might run Evan Bouchard and Philip Broberg as their top pairing for the last game of the season. I would piss. Because... It makes sense if you've clinched a playoff spot and everybody's ready to go. What the hell do you have to lose? Just play your young guys. Play McDavid because, like, if McDavid's at ninety-nine points, play McDavid for ten minutes, get him a point, 
Say, all right, Connor, you're sitting on the bench. Play Ryan McLeod like 25 minutes and say, here you go, kid. But like, oh my God, I, 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 I can't even... I'm getting so excited thinking about Broberg and Bouchard together. Uh, but yes, the um, the 19-year-old Swedish defenseman had 13 points. And why am I not more prepared for this? It was like 38 games or something like that. Um, ever since the World Juniors was on a much tighter minutes restriction, a lot of people are kind of concerned as to for what's going on. There's all kinds of stuff in the rumor mill that maybe he might have been injured. Maybe they were trying to save him for North American ice, or maybe the team was just kind of sick of him. I'm not sure, but you would ideally want the team playing their what you would think would be their best defenseman. But um, I'm not going to make any. I'm not going to make any strong strong judgments just yet. I'm going to probably wait until next season, but yeah, you're, you're absolutely right though. I mean, getting him here and getting him with the coaching staff, getting him with the guys, uh, working with Dave Tippett, working with Jim Playfair, like just get him here and get him working on a couple of things because you never know. He could come in and he could be, he could be their bottom pairing defenseman next year. So we love to see it. And speaking of prospects, like you said, something that you're very interested in. Russian prospect goaltender Ilya Konovalov has signed his entry-level contract with the Edmonton Oilers. I am so excited uh, to have him finally sign an ELC and hopefully come over to North America and get some experience over here. Uh, I think he's going to be a very good goaltender. I've got his stats up in front of us here. Uh, He was an absolute freak in 2018-2019. That was his rookie season in the KHL. Played 45 games. Uh, He allowed 76 goals. He had a 1.89 goals against average and a .930 save percentage. That's rank. Any league that you play in, that's that's pretty stellar numbers. He won the goalie of the year award in the KHL that season and I think maybe rookie of the year. Uh, followed it up with a little bit of a sophomore slump in 40 games. He put up 2.45 goals against average with a .912 save percentage and bounced back quite nicely this season in a shortened KHL year, putting up 19 games played, uh, 2.29 goals against average on a seemingly weak uh, locomotive team, but he had a .923 save percentage. So the numbers that stick out for me in his career in the KHL is that he was never below uh, .910 in a save percentage, which means that he's pretty freaking good. Um, he's 22 years old. He's five foot 11, 200 pounds. He's a short king. There's a big uh, thought behind goaltenders having to be tall and long limbs and extra saves and all that stuff. But um, a lot of the goalies that have been not elite, but like, I don't know. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but his size doesn't concern me as much as it would that, you know, he's got to be. UC Saros is really short. Yeah, they're quicker. Uh, shorter goalies tend to be quicker, uh, better at directing their rebounds and a little bit more um, b- laterally sound. So I'm hoping that he's going to adjust to the North American game. I don't know what the plan is with like Stuart Skinner, um, Wells, Olivier, uh, and and now Konovalov as the goalies that are in the pipeline. But I think that one of them is definitely going to stick. And I, I am hoping that it is uh, our, our Russian prince here. So we're stoked to have him coming over and stoked to see where his career as a prospect goes. But my heart 
Nolan is still with Stuart Skinner. I still think that he's going to be our guy. He's having a hell of a year in the and AHL. And speaking of which, he just got an award today. He's AHL Goaltender of the Month, baby. Well deserved. Yeah. Well it's, deserved. I'm, I really, really, really hope this is the turn of the page for goaltending prospects in Edmonton. And if by chance the Oilers decide to add another one in this upcoming draft, uh, I'm looking at uh, Edmonton Oil Kings goaltending phenom. Uh, was it Sebastian Casa? Yeah. Yeah. Who is a stud. So, um, also, uh, another side note, KHL shout out. Uh, shout out uh, Yak City, baby. Yak, now Yak Yakupov City, Yak, Yak winning, City. Winning, the, winning the Gagarin Cup. I love it. And the photo of him celebrating is, oh, I love it. I love it so much. I, we need more now Yakupov action. Uh, I, I wonder, I wonder if you could... I, yeah, yeah, we do. Could you imagine if they brought back Neil Yakupov? Don't even fucking say that. <laughs> Go to your just gonna, room. Just be like, uh, yeah, uh, Ilya Konovalov's agents like, uh, we will bring Ilya here, but you must take Neil Yakupov. They say, all right, let's do it. Throw him on McDavid's wing again, baby. Mickyakpoo, remember that line? Mickyakpoo with, ben, with Benoit Puglia. It could be it could be McYakpoo again with yes a poorly RV. That's very Wouldn't true. Hate to see that, it. That, that would be awesome. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's pretty well lit for news and stuff this week. So uh, we figured I well the the biggest news of the season is actually sorry of this week was uh, not with the Oilers. It was actually with the NHL and their secondary deal that they have signed. For broadcasting in the U.S., in which if you have been living under a rock, then you would know, or sorry, if you haven't been living under a rock, then you would know that the NHL and Turner Sports announced a seven-year media rights agreement Tuesday that will have regular season Stanley Cup playoff and Stanley Cup final games televised on TNT and TBS starting next season and running through 2027 and 2028. Um, That comes from NHL.com. Uh, which there's a lot that's going into this. Uh, it looks like it's a, it, I mean, it's a m- hundreds of millions of dollars. I believe it's around the $300 million range. Um, and that's being added on to the uh, broadcasting deal they have recently signed with ESPN. So uh, another little thing about this is that they are announcing that there's going to be some stuff going on with like HBO Max and Bleacher Report. Um now, with HBO Max, that's kind of exciting to me because I don't know about you, but I was a big fan of HBO 24-7, and if we could have another HBO 24-7, because, like, they did something similar um, through the NHL. It was on, like, uh, Epics or some shit like that or one of those awful channels, and it just wasn't as good. Like, the the one that you can actually buy and you can watch pretty easily is the Penguins Capitals one in which everybody knows it because of the Bruce Boudreaux outburst that he had on everybody (laughs) where he says fuck like 87 times. Shout out Sidney Crosby. Um, And, but it's, that's, that's a remarkable series. It, uh, it includes a montage leading up to the winter classic uh, where they play a, uh, they play an instrumental version of welcome to the black parade. (laughs) <laughs> elite that on its own stands out 
Exactly. Um, but one thing that I'm really excited about, and I think that TNT does a really good job of, is like the storylines behind the game and the in-game analysis. But the storylines, they do a really good job of in the NBA, and it helps drum up not just interest, but like overall hype for big games that are coming up. Um, and I know we've talked about this a few times on the pod or on the show here where uh, um, we always talk about how media trained hockey players are and how boring they are. But I was doing a little bit of prep for this and I've been looking at some of the guys that are, you know, uh, fuck it, call a spade a spade, a sp- call a spade a spade. Some of the European guys that don't speak very good English, but are really, really funny. Like Artemi yeah. Panarin is hilarious. David Pasternak, you've seen a few times this year, is hilarious. Um uh, Lindell is re- apparently really funny too and likes to play pranks on the guys so I think just the level that TNT goes into doing their homework before games is going to really showcase the fun side of hockey and make it get rid of the stereotype that hockey players are all just boring and um, and lizard people so I'm really looking yeah. forward to seeing what they're going to do with that and how they're going to put their spin on it because you know they're not just going to follow the uh, the NBA recipe they're going to do something a little bit different or at least I hope so and even just that hope is enough for me to be absolutely jacked up for the next seven years yeah and you don't want like you don't want an obvious copycat of a certain formula because then it just looks like they're trying way too hard um, I mean you prefer that they try a little bit harder and not uh, and not put Andrew Ference as one of the faces of the league when they promote the <laughs> NHL coming onto TNT but that was brutal uh, that was a tough look for TNT but um, but I think how this all starts though if you want to grow the brand and you want to grow this um, this awareness of hockey is you have to have a good panel and that is what Miles and I are going to do for the rest of this episode. We have prepped our own NHL on TNT lineups. So what this is, is we're kind of going based off of the NBA on TNT formula. I know I just said that we shouldn't have copycats, but fuck it for this one. We're going to make it work. Uh, so what we have is we have... Well, at least what I have is I have three players, one host. I believe Miles has it a bit different. And then we have a couple of like little alternates that uh, that we're really excited about. So, Miles, without further ado, did you want to get started with this? I do. So, I know you went a little bit more pl- uh, former player heavy. But why don't we st- well, let's, let's kick things off with who we think the panel host should be. Um, so, I'll get things going here. Um, from TSN, I'm hoping they poach him. Uh, James Duffy. I really like what... what Dude, Canadians he, are going to kill you. The Le, Le Montreal Canadien? Or, like, just the, the country just of like, Canada? Just, like, all, like, the entire country of Canada will, will kill you. Okay, well, um, <laughs> I'll be in a bunker for the next two years if you need me. But I would really like to see Duffy be the head of that panel. I think that he does an awesome job with the quiz. And on TSN, he's a staple. Um, but I think that he could very much be that uh, anchor piece for the new panel that's going to be on TNT and I think you would do a really good job with it Um, I find that he brings a lot of good questions out and a lot of personality from the other people on the panel that don't necessarily have uh, an abundance of personality so (laughs) uh, I think that he would be really good for that and very entertaining so he would be my choice for anchor mine is actually uh, someone that was in the news recently um, well by recently I mean a few months ago 
someone that actually just recently got let go from TSN, Dan O'Toole. Um, Dan O'Toole of obviously uh, of Jay and Dan fame uh, had, was recently let go by Bell Media uh, only weeks after their Bell Let's Talk promotion, which is just great, great, great PR on on uh, on uh, behalf of Bell. No free ads, and uh, I, I think Dan O'Toole would be a great fit because. Ideally, what you want to do is when you're building out this 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 group of people, you want to have something that doesn't lose the fun side of hockey, but is somewhat relatable. So, I guess to it's like because you want to make it relatable to American audiences as well, and that's kind of where I'm trying to come from. Is like I don't want to get too um, I don't want to get too like like hosiery if that makes sense. Like like you like you want to be able to have that nice bit of like. Canadian hockey, but you also want to be able to have it where somebody who lives in, you know, uh, Philadelphia can watch it and be like, hey, I can, I feel like I can relate to that, right? Um, and I think a guy like Dan O'Toole does that. He's really funny. I think he can hold his own as a host. I don't believe he needs Jay Onright in order for him to do his thing. Um, and I think this would be a, the perfect opportunity for him, for him to really step into a role because I think he could be very similar to like an Ernie Johnson and he would he would be great in that role. So Dan O'Toole's my pick, man. I, I, I love Toolsy. I like him too, man. I just hope that he's not, um, for lack of a better term, tainted in American audiences' minds from his time yeah. at Fox. I just would hate for him to be like, not even given a chance for the average American viewer to see that and be like, oh, wasn't he that weird guy that was on Fox? Yeah, fuck that. I'm not going to watch that. But I do. I also I agree with you in the sense that like I think it would be cool for him to be on his own and get to see what he does without an eccentric. Uh, personality co-host. beside him yeah an eccentric co-host yeah. i think to i think with the i think to your point on the fox thing i think that was just just a bad like a I don't think that the infrastructure around him was really all that ideal. Um, I can see where you're coming from, but I would, but I would almost give Dan O'Toole the benefit of the doubt on that one. Where I, I think that if, if both Jay Onright and Dan O'Toole didn't work, I don't think it necessarily has anything to do with them. I think it more has to do with uh, um, with the with 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 the product that they were trying to basically peddle. Right, um, Miles. Who is your uh, who's your next person on your panel? My second pick would be Jackie Redmond. Uh, formerly of Sportsnet, currently with the NHL Network. I think she'd be a natural fit there. Um, she like, Are you familiar with Jackie Redmond? Do you remember when she was on Sportsnet? Uh, I, I absolutely do. She's on NHL Network now. Yeah, so she's. I think she's a really solid interviewer. Uh, she has actually pretty, pretty damn good insight for games as well. Um, I think that some more uh, female representation on a, on a hockey panel would be good. And in my opinion, I think she does a very good job of that. She's also, I hate to say it because I just talked about female representation, but she's really, really pretty. <laughs> she is. She is. And that's, and that's, uh, and that's very well. Okay. I, uh, I'm totally on board for Jackie Redmond. Um, now the, our, our next guy you also have, did you want me to save him for last? No, let's go for it. So, the guy that I I honestly think should he should be like almost like the star of this whole thing, like kind of like the Shaq or like the Charles Barkley of this whole thing, because I think it's it's a well that needs to be tapped into because I think he would be incredible, Roberto Luongo. Um, we've mentioned him before on the pod, but he is 
he's hilarious on Twitter. He was a, he was hilarious as a player. I think if you get him in front of a camera and you and you put him in that position where he can be this like kind of sly sort of like like shit talker i think that would be really funny and i think that would be something that would work with not only canadian audiences but also american audiences and if there's a guy that's really good at making fun of himself and like self-deprecating humor which i think really works i think no matter what like if you have a guy that's able to have that sort of self-deprecating humor people can relate to that and people can laugh at that and roberto longo has some great stories um you can always look at the fact that he never won a stanley cup ring and i think you could sort of have some jostling between you know you know his co-hosts on the broadcast and all that about that um yeah i think roberto longo should absolutely uh should, should absolutely be on board yeah and i like you you alluded to i have roberto longo as well and i think that there there's got to be a reason why somebody that funny and somebody that outspoken and like just well liked isn't already in media or already in like the grooming process to be a front office player so i or front office personnel so i think that roberto luongo has a bigger plan um for himself and i think that you know maybe this was something that he was waiting for an opportunity to to seize and take upon i think he lives in florida Right, I think he's still out. Yeah, in Florida. I think he does too. Yeah. So it helps that TNT, being an American company, would allow him to stay in his newfound homeland. Um, I don't know, man. I think it would be a really good fit. Like you said, he's funny. Um, he's good looking. He's good looking. He's well spoken. Yeah. Um, he could be the 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 main character for for everybody and get people hooked. So yeah, Roberto Luongo, hundred percent. I'd love to see him there. Um, did you did you want to take the next one or do you want me to take it? I'll go ahead. So, okay. if you are a hockey fan who grew up watching, I don't know, the World Junior Hockey Championships, you've probably <laughs> heard of this next person. Um, <laughs> gets a lot of shit, has a lot of montages where he gets made fun of for dumb things that he said. But people often forget that he has two Stanley Cup rings with the 1990 Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, so the Bufflin. <laughs> no, Sorry. it is not Dustin Bufflin. He's, fi- just, he's fishing right now, Nolan. <laughs> Dustin Bufflin is eating pound cake and fishing. No, the person that I am referring to is an announcer with a long stick from time to time. It is Pierre Maguire. Now, I know that he's insufferable. I know that he's weird. I know that his outbursts are cringy as fuck. But how funny are they? The fact that there's enough of them for them to be top 10 Pierre Maguire moments shows that this man is if not uh, unavoidable, he's entertaining. So I think that for trying to get a panel off the ground, especially where you might have some nervous former hockey players, having somebody who's comfortable in front of a mic, somebody who has that experience and is like weird enough to draw you in uh, would be pretty, pretty funny to see. And I'd like to see a resurgence of Pierre Maguire. Yeah, I don't I don't get the Pierre Maguire hate to be completely honest. Like I think Pierre Maguire is awesome. I think he's so funny. Like cuz I think he's aware of the bit. Like I I I really think he's aware of what people think of him and people and there's like the what's the photo of him with like the hot dog or whatever. Yeah, you know yeah, what's yeah. Uh yeah, Pierre's hilarious. I uh I I would totally be on board with bringing him on. I think I think the only issue right now is that they have that 
with NBC, they have him in between the benches, and I just don't think that that's a right fit. I think you have to have him in the booth, and you have to have him interacting with all these guys rather than having him do like play by or sorry, like uh, uh, color commentating and stuff like that. I just don't think he's right in that role. But I think if you put him in a booth, similar to how they did in like Trade Center and stuff like that, I think that oh. that's that's perfect. Man, you give him a you give him like a Doris Burke kind of role where he gets to interview guys at the end of a big game where their emo- <laughs> oh, emotions are high and he's <laughs> weird. I'm watching that every night. I'm not missing yes, that. I, I'm okay. I'm I'm on board for this. <laughs> Um, speaking of, uh, speaking of a guy that's already in media, uh, my next guy is Kevin Weeks. Um, I, I think Kevin Weeks is awesome. I, I think he's extremely charismatic. It brings another goaltender into, uh, you know, I- into a group, uh, so you can kind of have that back and forth between him and Roberto Luongo. Um, and I mean, I, I know I'm, I, I know that it probably isn't sort of coming out right, but I mean, like representation matters. And I think, uh, you know, having an, a person, a part of this panel that is a black person, like is very important. Um, you need to have that. And I think that's going to help with your, with your newfound audience. You want people to be able to relate. And I think that is really, really, really important. And I can't stress that enough. So, um, but Kevin Weeks isn't is isn't getting this role because of representation. He's getting this role because he's great. He's so good at what he does. Um, not only is he great at uh, like not only is he great at being charismatic, but he also like breaks trades and stuff too, which is kind of cool. I mean, if you saw him during trade deadline, he was all over the place. He broke the Dmitry Kulikov trade, uh, and he also broke the Anthony Mantha trade. And I just think when you get him and you and you got and and you get that back and forth between him and Roberto Luongo, and my fourth guy is a part of this crew, um, I think there's some magic right there. Yeah, I don't disagree with you at all. I think one thing that Kevin Weeks does very very well is like, especially for um, TNT, which would be breaking into the American market where they're trying to bring some new fans on board, um, is he breaks the game down to the lowest common denominator very well. He does a very good job of explaining. Um, what's happening and especially for a game that's as complex as hockey from the goaltending perspective he does a very good job of showcasing how um, like rebounds and shot placement and like shooting through legs has such a big effect on like blindness and the ability to see the puck so yeah 100 i would like to see kevin weeks there as well he'd be he'd be damn good i didn't think of the goaltending pack uh back and forth but him and him and luongo i'm sure could get into some nasty beak fests that would be that would be good side uh like good um chemistry like uh yeah. like a shack and barkley kind of thing yeah exactly and uh yeah let's not we we don't want them to carbon copy the nba and then we get 97 <laughs> examples of them carbon copying the nba it's inspired, not copy. <laughs> um, okay, I think you, I think you've uh, you 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 have your entire lineup, don't you? I do. Yeah. So you got one more. So this this one is is, is an interesting one because uh, this could go over one of many ways. <laughs> Uh, but he has been on NHL Network, and I watched a couple of clips of him just kind of in the, uh, just kind of in the studio doing his thing. Scott Stevens, I think, would be really cool uh, because not only was he one of the most punishing and menacing defensemen of the 1990s and early 2000s, but he was also the captain of multiple Stanley Cup winning teams, uh, played with some really good players, uh, has some good insight into what makes a winning hockey team and how to play defense. And I think there is 
absolutely some incredible banter ready to be had between Kevin Weeks, Roberto Luongo, and Scott Stevens. Because I could only imagine the shit that you would hear coming from all sides of Scott Stevens saying that oh, goaltenders are protected way too much, or then you could hear something along the lines of like, oh, our defense, you know, our defensemen don't do enough for us, and things like that. I think there's something incredible there, and from what I could see, Scott Stevens. Uh, it looks like he does have that media presence. Obviously, when it comes to like TNT and ESPN and all that stuff, like these guys are going to get some pretty important training, and these guys are going to learn how to be stars on television. Because, like, contrary what to what many people think, um, you know, it's like a lot of people think that if you like, like you have to knock it out of the park right away. Um, I'm still not a big Kevin Bieksa fan, but a lot of people seem to love him. But I know that when he was first on Sportsnet, I thought he was absolutely terrible. Um, and he's grown a lot. He's grown a lot with more reps. And I think you're going to get that with any sort of media career. So, um, I think Scott Stevens would be awesome. And I I think, I think it'd be great. Cause then they can start talking about like dirty hits and stuff like that. He can kind of look at it as, Oh, the game is so much different from when I played and things like that. And I, I just think that that's, I think that's really exciting. And uh, I think he can do it in a way that isn't problematic because we don't want to turn this into like a Don Cherry thing. So um, let's try and do it for a new generation, but being able to, uh, but being able to m- make light of multiple, uh, of multiple circumstances. Um, I did have a couple of like little alternates. Uh, I understand you do as well. Do you want to yeah, read I, off I some do. alternates? I do. Uh, so I have two players included that are current players, but guys that I would like to see maybe sub in if you know the formula isn't working um, after the first couple seasons. Maybe when their careers end, they could jump in, get a get a, a shot doing some sort of media. Um, I think the obvious one is PK Subban. I think PK Subban does a really good job of like being a current like fun, charismatic member of, of the current NHL culture. Um, so he would be really cool in that regard. And I think that uh, his career is kind of dwindling, so maybe it'll be sooner than later. Um, but another guy that I'd really like to see is Kevin Hayes. Uh, Kevin Hayes had a video come out last year. The NHL put it out where the, the infamous cat hat kind of hat thing yeah. came out so like kevin hayes is hilarious he's got a lot of really good bits and he's kind of carried it on this season but he's he's a funny guy with a good personality that isn't afraid to be himself so if we're looking at building this hypothetical panel of former hockey players i think that um, they would be two newer age players that could come in have electric personalities entertaining personalities and be funny uh, additions to a panel with some good insight being good hockey players right yeah another uh another couple of guys that i just kind of had on here um so for if we're talking like players that are actively playing right now that i could see getting into media once their career is over i think joe thornton would be really funny uh he he just he seems like such a likable dude, and when you see like when you see like clips of him sort of just joking around, he seems hilarious. So I could easily see a guy like Joe Thornton. Another one that might be a little bit surprising to certain people, but uh, and I think you might like this. I think Leon would be a really good media guy when he retires. He is hilarious. He is absolutely hilarious, man. He. The, if if you watch some of his like interviews that he does, like when he's not being like stern and serious in a post game interview, he's really likable and he's a really funny guy. And 
they they didn't give him too many questions, and they didn't really give him much of a platform during his uh, uh, spit and chicklets interview. No free ads, but he he's really funny. Like he's a really funny dude, and um, yeah, I I could easily see a guy like Leon doing it later on in his career. Um, a couple of guys though that I did want to mention that I think would be that I think would be interesting fits. Um, I think Nick Kiprios needs another job in media. Um, I know that he's doing like his own thing. He has like a podcast right now. I think Nick Kiprios was just great. Um, I think he's really funny. I think yeah, he's really likable too. He has that like aggressive but really likable personality, if that makes sense. He just seems like he's always going to yell at you, but he's doing it in like a jokingly <laughs> way. Um, and then uh, Ray Ferraro would also be a really good. I mean, Ray Ferraro is like the classic. I mean, every every everybody loves Ray Ferraro no matter what, and that would be like the most like Canadian choice because Ray Ferraro is like every time I hear his voice, I think of like Manitoba. I, like I don't know about you, but that, that's what I think of. Um, Man, I've I played way too much NHL twenty to ever want to hear Ray Ferraro's voice again. <laughs> um, and then. The last one that I think could be interesting, but I think he might be just a little bit too problematic, and I don't know how he would get along with others. I think Chris Pronger would be kind of interesting. Um, he he was he was a he was like pretty funny with his uh, with his super sarcastic answers, uh, you know, during interviews and stuff like that, and just how much of an asshole he was on the ice. But Hall of Fame talent, uh, in, incredible player. In, in incredibly feared and I think that could go I think that could go really far and kind of going back to my original sort of panel I mean him and him and Luongo were Olympic teammates so that could be something right there but that's my uh that's my NHL on TNT uh idea lineup if you will all solid choices all individuals that would be more than capable and it's all about finding the right formula the right mix and the right team to to take it off the ground and and get it in the homes of millions of Americans so that our star players can get paid more money and there can be more dollar dollar bills in hockey and make the salary cap go up please because I don't know how long I can sit or I don't know how long I can deal with a flat salary cap it's going to make me go crazy but miles we play Vancouver four times this week yeah, we got a game starting in 29 minutes. Looking forward to it. Um, four big games against Vancouver. Um, Most important stretch of the season. <laughs> Just <kidding. laughs> but still, still an important stretch of the year. Uh, obviously, you don't want to go into the playoffs on a cold streak or anything like that. Um, want to be gelling, especially with a few new additions. We've said multiple times Kulikov and McLeod hoping that they're going to be pieces of a potential playoff push so we want to make sure that uh, they're primed up and uh, gelling with everybody else Um, so hopefully Tip can come up with some line combinations that stick and everybody can be uh, firing on all cylinders going into the playoffs so maybe not the most statistically important games but important nonetheless Um, I'm thinking that they're going to go two and two Yeah, you're probably right, but like I think I think I read that Vancouver has seven players out tonight, like seven forwards, which is makes me quite like happy. Injuries or COVID? I I think it's injuries, okay, and I think I, I freaking like, hope it's not COVID. 
No, I I don't think it is. Um, and I think a lot of the players too are just kind of shut down for the season because like I know Pedersen's out for the rest of the year because they're just kind of like, get better, man. Like you're, we're not going to go to the playoffs. Like focus. let's just move on. Focus on yourself. Yeah, exactly. Focus on uh, trying to act like you're the best player in Canada. Oh fuck! <laughs> remember when that was a thing? No, I've I've blocked that out of my mind, but I do oh remember. My goodness. I do I do remember being extremely hot under the collar this summer about that nonsense. There's a there's a also there's a trending uh, there's also a trending tweet right now, which I'm not sure if they're trying to do it out of like a troll job. I don't think they are though. Um, but uh, one of the one of these Twitter accounts has said that believes that Austin Matthews should win the heart over Connor McDavid because goals are more important. And to which I say, uh, Connor McDavid could hit a hundred points this year. Um, so you're, yeah, you're wrong. Um, so frig off. I think, fuck it. Four and oh, let's go. I'm, I'm doing it again. <laughs> let's go. Um, I think, yeah, I think that they're just going to, they're going to hammer down on Vancouver this week. And, I think if there's any losses that are going to come, that they're going to come to Montreal in the in those Latin. I think it's what next week is the last week of the season. I th- I think yeah, I think that yeah. sounds right. Connor McDavid chase for a hundred points. Let's go. Let's get it. We need to see it because um, that would be that would be incredible for the history books. So yeah, that'd be Good absolute luck. pure diesel. I'm hoping he does it. I want to see it. Good luck to Connor McDavid. Um, yeah, Vancouver four times this week, baby. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta put in my bets because uh, we gotta get those all squared up before before everything starts. Miles, did you have any last uh, last things you wanted to say? Uh, you know, I don't, Nolan. I'm excited for the week. It's gonna be a good week. Um, I'm hoping it's a good week, even though I was the not the opti- You were the optimistic ostrich. I was the um, detrimental. Deborah. Deborah, it's got to be an animal. We'll think of it. We're going to brainstorm. But uh, looking forward to watching the game tonight, watching some more games this week, uh, and making fun of my friend Floor Pie Alex. But as always, Nolan, a few things you got to take care of. Thanks again to everybody who's participating in the Pickapalooza. We'll have an update here soon because there are 14 games tonight, so that's going to have some big implications on those standings. Um, but as always, make sure you're following us if you're not already on Instagram and Twitter. On Instagram, we are one underscore four underscore one pod. And on Twitter, we are one for one pod. So check those out if you haven't already. Thanks again for tuning in. This has been the 17th episode of the one for one podcast. And as always, go Oilers go. Go Oilers go. Oilers go.